Ain't nobody listening to this shit. Welcome to the Beyond Our Service podcast, where two veterans with wives and kids pretend to know what they're doing in life. We look at the good, bad, and ugly and laugh our way through it all. So come join us as we go beyond our service. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond Our Service. This is Steve-O. With me is Brian. And, What's uh, going on? Hello, hello. And so I wanted to uh, apologize for the break we had to take. Senor Brian is daddy for the third time. He yes, had his uh, baby girl, Avery, uh, last week. So she is a She's my little Jedi. She was born on May the 4th. So May the 4th be with you. Very nice. So congratulations, yeah. buddy. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Mother and mother and baby are doing great. Well, we had a little issue with her not wanting to eat right off the bat. And she lost a little bit of body weight. And uh, we got that all resolved, though. She's been eating quite well now and getting a lot of poopy diapers out there. So, you know, that's awesome. always fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, it's not fun, but, you know, it's a good sign, I guess. So, yeah, we. We had to pull her sooner than we were than her due date. She wasn't due till May seventeenth, but uh, we went to the doctor on Monday. Hence, why we had to skip a couple weeks. There, we went to the yeah. doctor on Monday, and Bree's my wife's blood pressure was like one sixty over one hundred and nine, and the doctor yeah, was like, "Yeah, high. no, that, yep, yep, just a hair high." You know, I told her to lay off the bacon, but she didn't listen. Um, <laughs> but Women yeah, no, never we, do. No, they don't. And so we had to uh, actually induce early. And, uh, so we induced early and it was, we went in and baby was born. I mean, Bree was a champion. I, I always listen to that comedian, uh, Bill Ingvall, when he talks about if, if men had to rule the world and it was up to us to, uh, produce humans out of our bodies, it would just be, nope, no more humans. Like mm-hmm. just not going to happen. Absolutely. Cause I looked at that. There's no way, man, she's so stinking tough and, they got that epidural thing, and it uh, it was really cool, man. You I mean, know, I bet guys could do it if we had epidurals. Third. I mean, come on. I can't feel I it, right? Right, exactly. But, yeah, it was – Brie did. Brie was amazing. She was a champion and uh, got that baby out, and she's doing well. So well, great, got man. Got another Wyoming native born in, in the state of Wyoming. So. Good Lord. The, the state of Wyoming increased its population size by like 40% one child. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> That's right. So, but yeah, how was how's, how's been your time off? You've done anything cool, exciting? Nope. I've uh, been working and um, just same thing, man. Same sports, eat, sleep, poop, work. Um, everything's been going really good. We've, um, we've, I'm trying to think of anything like has stuck out that we've done. Business is good. We've been, um, Steven's sports is going really well. His little baseball team is still undefeated. Um, he's Very playing cool. really good and he's, it's just cool to see, you know, we talked about our kids sucking at sports. So it's, it's cool to see him just how much better he has gotten. And it's a lot of, it's his coach who's great and at teaching the fundamentals. So, um, but it, I, so he's also taking a little more interest. He's really enjoying it. He really wants to throw and do, he wants to play more, even if he's not in practice or in the game. And this is really kind of the first time he's had this much drive to play this often. So it's he's really paying off. And so he's doing really well. He's hitting really well. He's playing some really good defense. So he's just he's having a blast. It's been really fun to watch. 
Um, and they're dude, their team is ridiculous. So they're dominating the little rec league. Um, and I think they're probably going to end up going undefeated and winning a little championship game. But we shall That's see cool, here man. in a couple of weeks. That's cool. Yeah, we like I said, man. And talking about businesses, um, I kind of wanted to talk about um, how to run a good business and what what needs to be done to run a good business. And I think a lot of it is getting lost. And we have, you know, in the propane industry, you have quite a bit of competition with people, uh, you know, different companies and stuff. And we just had um, a company that decided that they don't want to do customer service and they have let, they, they shut their shop down in Pinedale. Um, hmm. and they moved all their, all of their, um, operations. They, they tried to centralize it. And yeah. from everything I've heard from people, it, that doesn't work. And because most people here want a local person that they call, they get on the phone, they know them. Um, it's a familiar voice. I mean, all sorts of things. And the, like, we, we have so many switchovers from this company to ours now because they're calling people that are, they're, they're answering the service is in Pennsylvania. And they're like, yeah, uh, we can't get to you for 10 days. And it's like, these are, this is people's heat. This is our, like, yeah. Which is like the air conditioner here in Texas. Like it's kind of a thing you need. Yeah. And it's like, people don't understand what it takes to run a good business anymore. And I I mean, you, you obviously know way more about this than I do because you, you own your own business. I mean, you, you, you're the one, if you suck at this, you don't make any money. Mm -hmm. So what, what are your thoughts? What what do you think is key to running a good solid business? So, uh, man, so many things. Um, but this is going to be not a four hour podcast. So, I mean, I've got my opinions for sure. Um, there's definitely a lot of things that I'm not good at. I think that's one of them. Um, if you're going to be so small businesses, especially, right? Like, I don't know. I have, I'm not a CEO. I have no experience in like uh, managing 20,000 employees or something crazy. I have 11 employees um, in two different locations. So it's just, for me, I think in the mistakes I see other people make, um, and I make plenty of mistakes, Um you've got to understand that like one, if you're a small business and you're going to run it, then you've got to have like, it's all, it's all on leadership. You've got to have leadership and it's got to be good. And your leaders have to understand, or your hiring managers or your, um, the people in place, they have to know who they're hiring and what they're hiring for. Um, mm-hmm. I think a big one is just, is if you have somebody, uh, whether it's, it doesn't matter what the business is. If you are, if you own the business, Right and you are not very self-aware of what your strengths and weaknesses are, um, mm-hmm. then it's really, uh, I think it can be detrimental because that really changes how you hire people. Because I hire people that are better at things that I'm terrible at. Or right. it's stuff that I just don't want to do. I hate doing. And if I hate doing it, I'm either going to push it off. I'll procrastinate. I won't do it. Or I'm definitely not going to do it very well. So you need to hire that out. You need to find somebody that can do that. That's really good at it. I'm not a detail oriented person. My personality is not that way. Um, I'm ADHD. I like to go, go, go and forget things. So I need someone. 
certain people in my office, I need detail oriented, very organized, focused type people to do certain aspects of the job. Like I can network, I can meet a lot of people, I can sell some, but when it comes to a lot of like the how, like all the stuff in the back end, dude, I'm terrible and <laughs> so bad. And it's just, but if I wasn't honest enough, and I think one of the things that really kind of struggled, I struggled with a lot was willing, like openly saying and acknowledging what I was actually good at. Cause I always felt like a douche. I felt like I was being um, cocky or overly confident or whatever. And then, and then my also was afraid of like, well, what if I really think I'm good at this? <laughs> but in reality, I really suck at it. So how do right. you know? Right. And so it's just, it's a scary thing, but you got to know your strengths. You got to be willing to be like, yeah, you know what? I am good at this. And you can, you got to find people, whether it's family, friends, but not, well, not, I would say not family unless you have just like right. an asshole cousin like me and that is not afraid to just be like, no, you suck at this. Um, you right. got to have people that you can trust that aren't afraid of hurting your feelings because they're trying to mm -hmm. help you be better. So it's a mentor. It's got to be a, some manager. I don't know, somebody in your sphere that understands the business you're in. You need someone to bounce off of and go, look, what am I good at? What am I not good at? And I had that. I've had that still. And, and some of it's very obvious and I knew of it. And then some of it's been, you know, really small things that I didn't really, some that I didn't realize I was good at. Um, right. You know, I was pr I'm pretty, I've always been pretty hard on myself and pretty judgmental of myself. So I've always been fairly accurate on what I'm good at or bad at. It's mm -hmm. trying to figure out exactly what I am good at. Am I really good at it or am I just wanting to be good at it? So I think that's a huge one because um, it all starts at the top, right? You just, and that affects the way you hire, that affects the way you train, that affects who, what people you move, how you, what position you put them in. Right. Um, so that's a big deal. See, for, for me, it was always, um, some of the best advice I ever got was from another engineer. And he basically told me, he said, you know, you're not going to be the best at everything. And he said, if you want to look good, what you need to do is hire people who take away your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like say you're, you're not a good organizer or, you know, something of that nature and you need to hire someone who is good at that and it makes you look better. And so I kind of like when I would look at my hands on who I was going to hire, or who I wanted on my team, you know, to help me out and stuff like that. That's where I was like, wow, that really does make sense. Absolutely. Because I need to hire somebody who doesn't, who compliments me. I may not be the best at something, but I've got somebody who can do that for me and, you know, make it not, I don't want to say completes me because that sounds terrible. No, you got to say that. I was already, I'm waiting. I can't believe neither one of us have said it yet, but you, you do have to have the, you complete me. Um, yeah, you mentality you make me whore. You do, man, and that's that. That is real. It's it's, and if you don't do that, and, and I think the other thing with it, it comes to hiring, it's along those same lines. Is you got to be, you have to be self confident enough mm -hmm. and secure enough in yourself as the owner or the manager to hire people that are better than you and smarter than you, and yes. not be not immediately feel threatened. Um, right, you can't be intimidated by no. You, you can't. Have, you have to know that your leadership skills, even though they may be smarter, are better right, than their a, leadership skills. Exactly. There's a reason why you're where you're at, and it makes your life a thousand times easier if you hire someone who's actually really freaking smart. 
mm-hmm. and then maybe you listen to them every once in a while. I'm like, wow, damn, that's a pretty good idea. Nice. And, and I'm not saying another, you take you know, it from hi- them. Hire somebody that you respect as well. Like, I've got a buddy, uh, Jeff, who is probably the smartest person I've ever met in my life. Like, oh yeah, he's in, yeah, he's insanely smart. You've met you met Punchy. Uh huh. Yeah. And but I, if I was in a leadership role, I would hire him because. I know he would respect me and I respect him and I'm not just going to blow off his idea because, well, he, you know, if, if, if they think his idea is better, they're going to fire me. And it's no, it's you led them. And that's part of being a leader is leading somebody so that mm-hmm. the job gets accomplished. And, and then it's, that's all it really matters. Like in a team is that the job gets accomplished, right? Like, right. And it doesn't really matter who, whose title is what and what they do and all that stuff. It's it's, it's all about getting the mission done, right? As as Jocko Willick would say, getting the mission done, or you know. And so, to me, after listening to Jocko Willick, when he talks about leadership, it makes me look at mine and be like, like, wow, I've really fallen short a couple times, just on you know the one thing he was talking about was when they do their reviews on uh, leadership, like someone writes into them and says, you know, this happened. Did I handle this correctly? You know, what should I have done? And I think a lot of it has to do like with me, they were talking about a business where the owner, they'd gone in and talked about this uh, plan that he had lined out and the owner was like, yeah, I'm good with it. And then when they called the whole team together to have this meeting, the owner was like, listen, I, I don't like this. This is crap. This isn't going to work. And the guy was like, got defensive and was like, you already okayed this and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what should I have done? And the thing that really struck me, cause that's what I would have done. Like, dude, you said you were good with this. Right. Like, I don't understand what you're. Right. Yeah. And what Jocko was saying was you have to go, all right, boss, obviously you saw something that I didn't see uh, after, you know, further review or whatever. So let's, let's, let's get this meeting over with. And let's reconvene and we'll talk this over. Then we'll, then we'll have another meeting, you know? And so I thought that was, I was like, yeah, I would have totally failed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It, yeah. No, I would have, I would have failed. Yeah. Cause I would have gotten really mad. I mean, it, it's, you know, I don't know that I would have said something in front of someone, but I probably would have wanted to pull my boss aside and be like, okay, so what happened? Because it, it is a learning thing. It's not, it doesn't always, it's not always like, okay, so you, it's, you don't have to take it personal. It can always be something like, so is there something else that happened or is there something different information, more information, something that caused you to change it because you did okay it. And then, so it's not like, I think that's something that, you know, my employees and a lot of people have to, you know, if you are working for someone, you like, you got to work hard at not taking it, um, taking everything so personal. Yes. Yeah. Right. You got to be wanting to learn and be coached. Um, so man, as far as customer service, I do think you have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to, um, adapt. And Mm -hmm. we've had to do that. Good Lord with COVID. We had to do that. People aren't going to come and we don't get a lot of people. And I think you have to change and adapt based off of where you're at. Right. So if this other company, this propane company, if their call center or their service customer service things in Philadelphia, I'm assuming that means they're a pretty big company. Mm-hmm. Or are they just in Wyoming? They're all, they're they're all over, right? Okay, so, so 
I think that is where you have to be flexible and adapt. And I think some big companies struggle with that where they don't understand. They think, okay, well, here, like in the Metroplex, having a centralized call center that wouldn't really bother anybody because mm-hmm. most everywhere has that here, right? right? They like a personal touch. And if you understand like the area, but you know, in a big, and let's say the headquarters is here. So everybody kind of gets it here, but then they're the call center people here don't understand and understand the people and the culture and everything that's in Wyoming. And so you probably could get away with like centralizing your customer service in major metropolitan areas across the country, but more rural areas or ghost towns, i.e. Wyoming, then you should probably have, it probably wouldn't hurt to have a local representative or something that could cover a pretty, I mean, they might cover, you might get three or four that cover the whole state, but at least they're in the state and they can be a little bit more personalized and understand the needs there uh, because that's so different than, you know, your headquarters here in North Texas. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, my God, the weather's, a th- it's the exact opposite, basically. So, right. I do think, I think it's a bigger company problem, big company problem. Um, right. Much more so than like a small, you know, mom and pop shop, like not what I've got. Because and we all live in the same area, same together. And people love that. Most people do really appreciate it and like it, but not always. And people, especially now with COVID and the you know, having to do Zoom and different things, like a lot of people, even older people, are have gotten a little bit more acceptive or open to using technology and not having to be do everything in person, which is good and bad. Right. And like, I mean, I understand some of that, but also, you know, customer service is, to me, if you have someone that calls in the middle of the night and says, listen, I've got, you know, I need heat, I'm out of propane, and someone calls and says, well, okay, we'll see you in, you know, seven to 10 days. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not going to yeah, work. No, that's, that's where, really you know, stupid. Yeah. And what you get a lot of here is you get, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of people. It's, I don't want to say name base because I don't like that analogy, but it's all about your name. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I think a, a lot of it has to do with how you treat people and, pe- and people remember that. And so if you call and you go out of your way to get out there, get the job done and make sure they're comfortable, especially in a service industry, yeah, you're going to, you're going to retain that customer. Mm-hmm. And I think as a business, you need to be modeled, especially a service, you know, a service industry, which I don't know the percentages of, what what's really considered a service industry and what's not but you know you know when i worked in the oil field i was considered service because we provided a service for that well right mm-hmm. so that they could do right, other right. things and so i've always been in the service side of things and so making sure your customer is happy is i would say priority number 1 but i also feel like you can't there, I've, seen, I've heard a lot of dumb ideas over the years of customers like, no, let's just do it this way. Right. N- n- no, that's <laughs> stupid. We're, yeah. We're not going to do it that way. And you don't tell that, but you have to use wording that doesn't make them feel stupid. You know, like almost plant the seed so it makes it their idea. So that, yeah, you know, kind of that whole scenario. And it, I think, you know, how you talk to people is very, very important when it comes to that. And, 
you know, I've worked with people in the past who are very good people. They're just very brash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like really in the oil field, it's weird. Yeah, I know it's so weird, but like they're very brash, and you kind of want to grab them and be like, "Dude, I know what you're trying to say, but just calm it down, just yeah." Like, like, <laughs> like you're just doing you're a terrible job of delivering. Like they're it. retarded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that. I love listening to that. We saw I get that a lot in the army, where it's like, "Man, you really probably could have gone about that a different way. You could have probably said something." said that a little bit different and it probably would have you would have got a lot less pushback right um but now you want to be the tough guy so you're just going to be real like a real asshole because like, you're just tough and we're in the army and it's like you probably could have just been like hey guys y'all want to do will you do this this real quick it really helped me out and man they probably would have done it 10 times faster um yeah so and I, that's that's another thing uh especially with your team and like people you hire i noticed a lot of guys that if you treat people with respect and and you show that you're willing to go above and beyond for them and you're willing to do the job that they're doing and get down and get dirty and get in the mud and you're not above them, they'll bend over backwards for you, Mm -hmm. you know, and not you sit on your chair and well, my title says that I am an engineer and I do not have to turn wrenches anymore. Right. You're, you're, it's not a good thing, dude. Cause I had, I had a lot of guys that people said, Oh, you can't work with him. He's an asshole, blah, 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 blah. But then he works with me and we go out and we do stuff and we're, you know, I'm down there in the dirt with them working, turning wrenches and showing them that, yeah, it's not a, you know, it's not about what my title is. It's about getting the job done. And, you know, they turned around and, and they did a great job for me. They're some of the best hands I ever had. Yeah. You know, so. I think, like you, see, you know, like we said before, like building your team and surrounding your yourself with people who are very capable, and 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 fill in your weakness is key. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that kind of flows into what the, I think probably my last like big point that I'm very passionate about um, is. <clears throat> I think, and again, this is definitely. I don't have any answers for big companies. So, and if you're a giant CEO and you're listening to this, then you've made some mistakes in your life. Um, <laughs> so I think, uh, but I do think it's much simpler in a smaller environment, but it you can still do it as it, whether it's your team or it's a, the whole business or whatever. So maybe it is a big company, but you're a manager and you've got five, six, seven people underneath you. Um, you know, you can influence those people. And I think it's what makes a massive difference in the performance of your company and your business. And then it doesn't matter if it's, if it's customer service related. Um, you know, a lot of people, by the way, refer to service industry as like people who serve customers like face to face all the time. So like oh, gotcha. hotels, restaurants, stuff like that. But you can, um, you got to have buy-in. Buy-in is the most and it's it's all on the leader and it's it's on the manager to get buy-in from their employees what do you mean by buy-in they have to be like understand the goal of what the the point of the company like the why behind what the hell am i doing every every day i come in here and i push this button and i do this and i put the widget down why the hell do i do this every day and what are we trying to do what are we trying to accomplish like what's the big picture and if the leader can get them to see 
and get them to buy in and, and take ownership of that company in the performance. So it's such a different atmosphere when the team, when my team is everybody's on the same page and we have this one kind of unified goal of, Hey, we want to do, we want to accomplish this thing. And something that I did in the very beginning, um, and I probably read in a book, I definitely didn't create it. Um, was one of the things I did was basically like a, I tried to brainwash them because I tried to say, <laughs> I tried to say like, I never ever said it was my business. I never referred to it as my business, my agency, my book of business, my customers. It was always our business, our customers, our whatever. And I told them, I, I actually, at the very beginning, I, I pulled the three people that I started with and I was like, I took them outside and I was like, I know this is kind of corny, but I want, I'm, I'm dead serious. So I want you to just listen to what I have to say. Mm-hmm. And I, I took them outside and it's got my name on the building and it's got my name on the door. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like above my little, it's not the whole building. And so I said, I understand that that's my name. That's literally my name. But when you guys see that, that brand and then my name together, that's all of us. That is not, that's not me because I, right. there's not enough time in the day for me to accomplish my goals and grow this company without other people. And those exactly. other people are you. And if they, if they're there to collect a paycheck and they don't give two shits, if you're successful, they don't care if your company's successful. There's no pride in what they do. There's no pride in being a part of your business or your company, man, right. it's 10,000 times harder to get them to, to really push and really work hard. And if it doesn't mean they got to work extra hours, but it's just, like their give a damn is so much different. And if you can just right. get and them. I think, go I think ahead. You hit, hit on something that, you know, it, you know, your dad and I'm sure, my, you know, my dad told me and I'm sure your dad told you is, is, is to take pride in your work, to do something that you're proud of. Right. And, you know, so when you're done, you know, you're like, I did that. I am mm-hmm. proud of yeah. that. And I think a lot of that we're missing quite a bit of that in, uh, I wouldn't say in our country, I don't want to be like an old geezer. You don't take pride in your work, but it's true. You definitely need to take pride in what you do. And and that shows and people, people see that. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that it has, I think a lot of that has fallen off, but I think it's not necessarily the individual. I think it's the leaders that are failing to provide some form of communication or motivation as to why they should have pride in it. Exactly. The younger generation, millennials, I don't give a crap what generation it is. And that shit, I, I hear that all the time. And it's it's not true. In my, I hire a lot of young people. I have people that, I have two people that are over the age of 55. I have or, no, three people under the over the age of 55. I've got, the youngest is 21. Mm-hmm. And they all want to work their ass off because nobody wants to be a loser. Nobody, they, right. nobody wants to be a part of a team that sucks. And, yeah. but you also, nobody wants to just sit in here. Our, the gen, the thing that is different than the generations, and it's actually my dad that told me this and I don't even, he probably didn't remember telling me this, but it's absolute genius. And it is 1000% true. And he just kind of said it in passing, but he's like, you know, it's not that the younger generations of millennials, whatever. And this was a while, wow, this was, I wasn't an agent yet. So this was a few years ago, a while back. And he was like, it's not that the millennials don't want to work. It's that they, back in the day, people who were born in like the 50s, 60s, 70s, 
they grew up where you went to work and their parents went to work and you don't ask questions. You just do your work hard and you just do what you're told. And that's just what you did. He's like, that's how they were raised. That's how they were taught as kids. You were to be seen, not heard. He's like, that's just how they were. He's like, the millennials, the younger kids, that's not their generation. That's not how they are. They were told to ask or encouraged to ask questions. They're encouraged to, um, they don't to stand up for themselves, to be more self-confident, to be out more outspoken, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, I've not had, a, it's not that millennials don't want to work. They just want to know the why. And if you'll take the time to explain to them the why and explain like, I need you to do this, this, and this. And although it seems really tedious, it actually mm-hmm. really helps these people later on down the process of this product or sell or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like everyone I've had that if I'll just take that, and yeah, sure. It gets annoying at times, but if you just, Take the time to explain to them why. Hey, this I know this seems stupid, but it's not, and this is why. Dude, I've never had a problem with. They're just like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I'll do that then. That's it. Right. I just needed to take an extra few minutes to just kind of like, you know, it's not the army, it's not the military. You can't just say, hey, do this now, and they got to go. Okay, yes, sir. Like that's not how our these younger generations work. They their brains don't operate that way anymore, and so you can't expect that from them you have to and that's all buy-in that's all the stuff that i'm talking about you got to get them to buy in into why they're doing it what's the point and then they right. will i think they can take more pride in it. like damn we we're doing this and hey we're ranked this in the company we're this like we did all this and brian got us doing all this stuff and at first it didn't make sense but hey man i work for this i work for my team is we're one of the top propane installing teams in the state of wyoming like right we're kind of badass Because nobody wants to be like, yeah, we're just, you know, we're kind of on the bottom. It's great. Yeah. Really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're pretty, we're, we're, we're mediocre. Yeah. You know, average and ordinary. That's what everybody wants to be. Right. That's right. So, but I, I think, man, I think we, I think we covered it pretty good. Yeah. I think we solved the problem. Um, I think we did. I think this, the, you know, if people will listen to this and that's, that's going to be the problem is people just didn't listen to it. Right. You guys need to share this so that we can, because this is going to revolutionize America. It is. Yeah. What we just talked about for 27 minutes is pure wisdom. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I hope uh, all these big CEOs are, t- are tuning in to uh, learn how to make more profits. I hope so. They, they should be taking notes. That's ample notes. They should be. They should be. All right, man. Well, I'm so glad that your baby's doing great. I uh, can't wait to meet her. And uh, we will see you guys, talk to you guys later. All right, later, See buddy. you, Brian. I'll talk to you next week. Right. All right. End it. Drop it. Send it. This has been the Beyond Our Service podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, review, tell your friends all about us. This show can be found everywhere major podcasts are available. And if you'd like to reach out, please head over to beyondourservice.com and let us know what you think or find out how you can be a part of the show. See you next time.